song in Christ. In 2014, the United Nations, the UN, Food and Agricultural Organization, the FAO, put on a white paper, hundreds, hundreds of pages. The title of the white paper was Edible, Edible Insects, Future Prospects to Food and Feed Scarcity. And then the UN and the FAO and Food and Agricultural Organization concluded in this document that if insects do not enter the food chain, traditional protein farming will destroy the planet. We use all our rainforests to grow seeds for all the meat we eat. We know most of our rainforests are being taken down to grow seed for our purposes, so it's unfortunate very unsustainable system that is rapidly causing havoc on our planet, they say. The, the push, these progressive liberals, is to save Mother Earth, or the Gia, Gia, has gone through the cycles of popularity before, but never one with such a political momentum as of now. To be fair, the UN and the WEF and numerous private and corporate entities have warned us that they are in the push for the Great Reset to happen no later than 2030. And for them, 2030 is the, the do or die day to get the world back on the right track or else face extinction. Gee, what have we, have we heard that before? And speaking of global calamities, there's one that I haven't mentioned yet, the 20, which I believe is not only likely but inevitable. Not only is it inevitable, but, it, but it's also certain to happen. Not only is it certain to happen, but it's also certain to happen very soon. Not only is it certain to happen soon, but it is one calamity that the world adamantly refuses to, to believe can ever happen. And that so-called calamity is the rapture of the church. Not only will every born-again believer removed from the earth, but every child under the age of accountability. This sudden disappearance also includes everyone born with Down syndrome or genetic, degenerative cognitive condition for the first time. In 2,000 years, there will be no believers or innocents left on planet Earth. They will find the reality of not only talking the talk, but walking the walk of peace. In the following seven years after the rapture, rapture will literally be hell on earth. All of the things these environmentalists, fundamentalists have been railing about for the past 60 years will be dumped back on their heads. Naturally speaking, global temperatures will rise and oceans will be turned to blood. Islands will be sunk, triggering countless tsunamis that will ravage the air will be so filled with smoke and ash that it will blot out the light from the sun, moon, and stars. The trees and the grasses are turned up, and the rivers will turn poisonous and bitter. Supernaturally speaking, demons and demonic armies will march across the land, wiping out millions of men and women will be given over to their most base and wicked desires. The governments of the world will become impossible. 
designing and measured to maintain the control of a world spinning out of control. And just when things couldn't get worse, they did worse. The armies of the world would gather in Israel and will attempt to destroy the last remnant of Jewish people. And when all of a sudden the skies flew open, the earth spinning counter to the normal rotation of the heavens, and Christ will return. Christ will return in power and glory with the armies of heaven and told him, Here Jesus destroyed the armies in such a bloodbath that it created a 200-mile river of blood that is as high as a horse's bridle. The end has come, and Jesus will judge the remaining nations, separating them like one would separate the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. We pray, Father, that we may be prophetically alert and literate to the events and biblical teachings. We pray, O oh Lord, your peace. We pray that the hope of the world would be found truly in Christ, that you are the Holy One, you are holy, you are mighty, you are worthy, worthy of our praise, and we will follow you, we will listen to you, we will love you all of our days. For you are the Lord of glory, you are the King of kings, you are the mighty God, Lord of everything. You're the Emmanuel, the God with us. You're the great one that I am. You're the Prince of Peace, joy, hope, and life, and you are the Lamb. You're the living God. You're our saving grace. You will reign forever. You are the ancient of days. You're the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. You're our Savior, Messiah, Redeemer, and Prince. You are the one that ultimately was ignored in your first coming of faith. And people will cry out.
not recorded in the other three, three Gospels. And such, for instance, are the, the histories of Zechariah and Elizabeth, you know, and how there's probably many stories past and Advent's past, and the need to remember the stories of Zechariah and Elizabeth are further. Luke mentions the angel's announcement to, to the Virgin Mary, and we could deal with that in great length during the Advent season. And to speak generally, the whole contents of the, the first two chapters of, of Luke deals with the angel's announcement to the Virgin Mary, how as we grew up, I never had the opportunity to, to be a little angel. But I remember in Christmas programs wearing some wool on my back shoulders and being a little little sheep. And how the reenactment of the birth of Jesus made such an impact in our lives. And such are the narratives of the conversion of Zechariah. You can't miss this, the conversion of Zechariah and and of the penitent thief. The walk of Emmaus in the famous parables of the Pharisee and the publican, the rich man and Lazarus in the, in the stories of the prodigal son. These are portions of scripture to which every well-instructed Christian feels peculiarly thankful for. And for those we are indebted to, to the gospel, of St. Luke, St. Luke. The short preface here, which we have now read, is a, a peculiar feature of, of St. Luke's Gospel. But we shall find on examination that it is full of a very most useful, useful instruction. Because I trust that you're here today to be instructed. In the first place, St. Luke gives us a very short, short but, but valuable sketch of the nature of the gospel. Just in these four verses, a, a sketch of the nature, the nature of the gospel, the gospel of good news. He calls it a, a declaration, a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. We thank God that it was put in print. Declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. It's a, it's a narrative of, of facts. It's a, a fact. It's not feelings, but facts about Jesus Christ. That Christianity is a religion that's built upon facts. We are here because of a factual account. Let us never lose sight of this. It came before humankind had came, became in shape. It, the first preachers, the first preachers did not go up and down the world proclaiming an elaborate artificial system of, of truth, doctrines, and deep principles. I always tend to remember this when we watch that certain movie about Shake Shaykh Daniels. Oh, what was the name of that? 
Christianity is 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 a religion that's built upon fact, but it's never been cited. It came before humankind at first even took shape. It came. The first preachers did not go up and down the world proclaiming an elaborate artificial system of, of truth, doctrines, and deep principles. They, they made it their first business, their first business to tell the, the, the plain great truth, the great truth, the great fact. They went about telling the sin laid in the world that the Son of God had come down to earth and lived for us, and lived for you, and for I, the pulpit, and the pew, and, and died for us, and, and rose again. The gospel at its first publication was far more simple than many who make it out now. It, it was neither more nor less than the history of Jesus Christ, of Christ, the history of Christ. Let us aim at greater simplicity in our own personal religion and in our own profession of faith and our own sharing of our testimonies and witnessing to Christ. Let Christ, and the person of Christ, be the son, the S-U-N, the, the son of our system. With, and let the, the main desire of our souls be to live the life of faith in him and daily know Jesus better this was St. Paul's Christianity in Philippians chapter 1, 21. To me, to live is Christ, and, and may that be your testimony to me, to live is Christ. So it's not only the nature of the gospel, but in the second place, St. Luke draws a, a very beautiful, beautiful picture of the true position of the apostles. The apostles in the early church, he, he calls them eyewitnesses. Eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, and you and I are called in that too. How Christ has changed your life and how Christ leads you from darkness into light. We are in the dark world that's getting darker.
and the ones who live within us in the adult age of Christ we pray. Yeah. 